0: Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Tuesday, September 12th. On Being a Runaway. Today's scripture reading is found in 1 Samuel chapter 25, verses 9-11, from the Message Translation, which reads, David's young men went and delivered his message word for word, Neval. Neval tore into them. Who is this David? Who is this son of Jesse? The country is full of runaway servants these days. Do you think I'm going to take good bread and wine and meat freshly butchered for my sheep shearers and give it to men I've never laid eyes on? Who knows where they've come from? This is God's word. Naval, or Nabal, just dealt David the worst insult he could dish out. He not only labeled him a servant-slash-slave, but as a runaway servant-slash-slave, for whom he wasn't about to do a thing. In David's case, this was a taunting insult that constituted what we would call fighting words. You'll have to read the rest of the story to see how that played out. In the case of Onesimus, to call him a runaway was no taunting insult. It was the simple truth. Slaves were the expendable nobodies of the ancient world, even beneath children and egads, women. And a runaway slave was lower still. The most subhuman slave was the runaway. His only ties to society had been the ones that real people could make of him. And he now forfeited these, writes historian Sarah Rudin. He was a little like a raped or adulterous woman, but unlike her, he bore all of the loathing and fury. In this case, the extreme loathing and fury that come when absolute privilege is disappointed. As a rule, a runaway was simply a lost cause, a far-out outlaw as long as he could sustain it, and a tortured animal or carcass when caught. Let those words sink in just a bit. Onesimus hadn't simply messed up. In that society, Onesimus was done, period, or better yet, done exclamation point. A slave was a nobody and a nothing apart from his usefulness, which means that a runaway was beyond useless. He was an abomination that society deemed worthy of merciless shaming at the hands of the master on whom he had brought such dishonor before his watching peers. There will be blood, or at least branding, preferably on his face, so that the mark of his betrayal would be visible and permanent all his days if his master decided to let him live out his misery and shame rather than making a quick end of him. Let yourself feel the stigma and weight of that. The closest cultural equivalent I can think of is the stigmatizing and public shaming we afford child molesters or other public sex offenders, whom we also brand, just not on their face, literally, by listing and excluding them. Clearly, there's a huge public safety factor here, to be sure, but the point here is to feel the parallel gut feeling that Philemon and the rest of the community would have had at having Onesimus suddenly step into such a public gathering as was currently convened in the house of Philemon. The shock would have been audible and palpable. What would the neighbors say when they heard? What would Philemon's associates say when they heard? Can you imagine them meeting Philemon on the street in the wake of Onesimus's return, pressing him for details? So what did you do to him? What are you going to do to him? Branding? Beating? What exquisite humiliation will you visit upon him? Or is he departing in a box? Feel that dynamic. Feel the expectation. See these scenarios working through the head of Philemon as Onesimus steps into the room as Tychicus intones, I plead for you on behalf of Onesimus, my son, who became my son while bound in my own chains of shame. Yes, let yourself feel the weight of not merely personal, but societal shame and shunning, resting on Onesimus, before moving on to the whole forgiveness part. So as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder, When have you been faced with a situation anywhere close to the level of offense and shame in the case of Onesimus? What's the worst thing perpetrated upon you that you've had to confront with a possibility of mercy and... gulp, forgiveness? How do we bridge that gulf of guilt? Lord, put me in the room... Put me there with Philemon, let me wear the skin of one so wronged and shamed. Let me taste the human pathos swirling around that room in this moment. Let me feel something of that cultural atmosphere swirling around a slave, a runaway, a fugitive, thief, and the aggrieved master who holds his fate in his hands, even as he himself is held in the pierced hands of his own master." Draw me into the layers of meaning awaiting me in this letter. Let me feel it. And so make this letter come to life right here, right now, as your grace would summon me. To your mercies.